Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please? Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now, that's made of recycled plastic. Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show? Evian's 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. Hello, I'm Matt Edmondson. And I'm Molly King. And welcome to Between the Lines, an official podcast from Wimbledon and Evian that takes you behind the scenes at the All England Club to uncover what makes this tennis tournament so, so special. Yes, so along the way, we're going to be hearing from some of the biggest names around, some huge tennis stars and some celebrity guests who are all connected by a love of this great championship. Plus, as Centre Court turns 100, happy birthday, we'll be sharing some memories (laughs) of the greatest stage in sport. I wanted you to carry that on, really. I think I'm the only person to sing Happy Birthday out of tune on the first line. <laughs> like Emma, but I have done it. I didn't want to say it. Well, look, happy birthday to Centre Court. Sit back, grab a punnet of strawberries and cream, it's got to be done, and a bit of water. You've got to stay hydrated yes, on these do. hot days. You do. And join us, Matt and Molly, as we go between the lines at Wimbledon. I'll tell you what, Mol, this is a bit of a pinch yourself moment for me. Mm. Here we are in a corner of the Evian suite. We've taken over. So I've been here a couple of times in the past and it's always amazing. This year, it's completely carbon neutral. They've decked it out in beautiful flower arrangements. There's a table tennis table here, just in case the real tennis isn't enough for you. You want more (laughs) of it around a table. And this is where the kind of great and the good of Wimbledon fans are going to come in and hang out. And we're going to get an eye over all of it. I know. I can't believe that we're actually here, Matt, you and I hosting this podcast. I mean, what a treat. So we're going to be bringing you regular shows throughout the two weeks of the championships. And I tell you what, we've got some brilliant guests to don't, chat with. Don't say who they are. I won't. I don't will give keep it away. those names. But no, we've got some goodies up our sleeves. You're going to want to follow because it's going to get better and better and better. And you'll be thinking, how can it get better than your guest today? Because we are going to be joined by a player who knows the All England Club better than most. He's played here an incredible 16 times. Wow. And twice he's made the quarterfinals. And I'm really hoping, Mulvey, he spills the beans about what goes on in the Wimbledon locker room. You and me both. What it's like to play on centre court, which is just over there, actually. And which players are a bit light-fingered with the towels. Oh, yeah. Are you thinking of nabbing a few bits around here? I, every towel I owned if I played at Wimbledon would be a Wimbledon-branded one <laughs> that I pinched. Well, all will be revealed in a moment. But first, let me set the scene here for you at home. So we're talking to you just a few days before the start of the championships. Now, whilst there's no play happening this week, I tell you what, the All England Club is a hive of activity, isn't tell it? Tell me about it. I've been looking out the window here and... Firstly, it's amazing how many people there are who are cracking on with getting things ready for people to come. If you're coming to Wimbledon, maybe you'll be one of the lucky people queuing at the strawberries and cream shop. I saw them putting the sign up for that earlier on. You will be there. Get in the queue now. (laughs) Uh, There's loads of flowers and plants still to go in. Did you see when we walked here? I did, yes. They were all unpotted. I thought maybe I could take one on the way home. (laughs) If you're looking at Murray Mound thinking it's a bit sparse this year, you've just discovered why. I've actually figured out this thing on my phone recently, which is I can take a photo of a plant and then the phone tells me what plant it is. So I'm going to wander around and 
get all the intel on what's planted here at Wimbledon and nick the aesthetic for my own garden. <laughs> I've always wondered who downloads that app. It's me. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> Imagine that. Matt, how was Wimbledon? Well, the flowers were absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And the tennis? I was too busy taking a picture of a clematis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's time to introduce our first ever guest on Between the Lines. And if you're wondering who it is, well, here's a clue. That's just brilliant from Vavrinka. That's one of the shots of modern tennis. Yes, he's a former world number three, a three-time Grand Slam champion, an Olympic gold medalist, and a Davis Cup winner. Wow, all the stats there, Mal. Also, he's made the quarterfinals here at Wimbledon, not once, but twice. It's a man that we stan. It's Stan the man, Stan Vavrinka. Welcome to Between the Lines, Stan. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's so lovely to see you. You seem... You seem hot. You seem sweaty. You seem like a man who's been out playing tennis. How's the morning been? Well, it's a busy morning, yeah. We played, we practiced three hours uh, with Andy Murray this morning. It was great practice, great weather, so perfect start of the day. We were chatting about this earlier, weren't we? How do you arrange a practice with someone? Do you have to send them a WhatsApp to say, are you free this morning? Do you want to do a bit yeah, of practicing? Yeah, we, we do. We do send the WhatsApp or the coach organize uh, themselves. Uh, normally, we do it in advance, especially the week before Grand Slam. We try to plan for the full week. There is player I like to practice. There is some I dislike, but in general, it's, uh, it's good to practice with the top players. And do you try and instantly check out their form? Do you think, oh, he's on good form or, oh, that was a bad shot. Hope he does another one like that. Yeah, you see, there's uh, only little chance that we play against uh, one of them. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. Uh, we practice to to improve. So it's better if they play the, their best tennis also. Uh, yes. That's the way you can improve your own game. And that's the most important. So you're not holding anything back. You're not like, I've got a killer move, but I'm going <laughs> to save it until this is competitive. No, you don't. Okay. That's it, where we've been going wrong with that's our we've practice. Been going wrong, yeah. Yeah. I've been holding it back for 36 <laughs> years, but at some point one of these killer moves will come out. Well, we are available, Stan, if you mm, do sure. need any. You know, we'll <laughs> stand together on one side of the court. This is what Matt's been trying to yeah. get to. It's two questions. Who won this morning? Do you play competitively? Who won? Uh, we didn't play uh, okay. punt. We we practice. Was an intense practice. I think was great. We were both happy with the practice, with the with the way we've been uh, playing so far. So we've been happy after that. And also, how is Andy? Because we we know that he's had some injuries recently. As um as a fellow tennis player, what was it? What was his form like? It was good. He was playing well. Uh, yes, he had a small injury last week. I think he's uh, getting there again. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was a, as I said, it was an intense practice. I think the level was great. So he's going to be ready for for the first one. Oh, that's good to hear. And how are you feeling? How's your I'm, body? I'm good. My form is uh, is not bad actually. I'm, I'm pr- I've been practicing well. I need uh, I need time. I've, I've been away from the tour for more than a year with two surgery last year. At my age, it takes uh, more times to come back. Uh, it's been only a few months now. I still need a few more weeks, months uh, to to be at the level I want to be. But so far, I think I'm improving uh, every day. I'm pushing myself. I'm pushing the body. I'm pushing uh, tennis-wise also to find a way how to to play my best tennis again. It takes time, but I'm happy where I am right now. Yes, because you're not. Being to Wimbledon since 2019 so it's lovely to have you back and it must feel pretty amazing to be back right? Ah, it's great it's great it's an amazing tournament here always uh, something special to, to be back here so I'm enjoying the practice week uh, before the tournament. Yeah and you're a wild card and I'm always intrigued about how that works do they reach out to you is it like getting a letter from Hogwarts 
How does it work to be told you're a wild card? Yeah, you, you ask them. You ask them, and uh, I'm really happy and uh, grateful that they they give give me one. Uh, it was really important for me to be back here to be playing. My ranking doesn't uh, let me get in anymore because uh, I was out for for a year on the tour, so I don't have uh, much uh, points in either ranking. So I'm really happy I got the wild card and a chance to play here again. And how do you ask that? Like, is it an email? Do you have to phone someone? Again, so, he wants to know for himself. <laughs> that. There's I nothing about hustling. Be, I'm not I hustling. think it's going to be difficult for you to get one. But yeah, uh, yeah my, my manager team uh, do it. Uh, okay. They call the, the right person, they email and then they ask and then we wait for the answer. Yeah. I'm glad you've told him that, Stan, because I felt like I would have to break the news to yes. him that it might be hard for you to get that invite, Matt. OK, well, I'll get the email from Stan later on. There's still a couple of weeks for all kicks off. It'll be fine. Well, Stan, on a serious note, thank you so much for joining us here in the Evian suite today. We know you're practicing loads, obviously, up until the tournament. Do you get any rest days? I had a rest day yesterday, actually, after after a few few days a uh, few days practicing out. But uh, yeah, I think uh, as I say, I need I need more practice. I need time on the court. I need time in the fitness. I need to to get my body right again, and for that I need to spend a lot of time on the court. So I'm, I've been building the form I want to to be, and it takes uh, takes time. Speaking of getting your body into form, I cannot believe we've been in the Evian suite for about five minutes now and no one's offered you any water. That's on us. How That's rude. That's our bad. Would you like still or sparkling? Sparkling, please. Sparkling. Yes. That's perfect. He's very much anything. a mo- team Molly there. He's like me. Do you drink sparkling when you're playing or is it just more when you're no, off the No, when I'm playing, I'm, I'm drinking still water. I think okay. it's uh, much better. I'm used to, but I do drink a lot of sparkling water off the court, uh, especially quite cold uh, sp- sparkling. Yeah, these ones are ice cold, aren't they? Oh, they are delicious. I like the way that it re- sort of retains the coldness. Sorry to touch your water there, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> How do you fuel your body then before a big game? What are you eating? What are you drinking? Depends Depends of the days. Depends what time you play uh, during the day. You can Because you can play a match at 11 as you can play at 8pm. Uh, so you're not going to have the same same meal. But normally you try to eat uh, something uh, light two, three hours before, before the match. Maybe some rice or chicken or rice and salmon and I just drink a lot of water to make sure that my body is ready I think it's super important especially when it's hot especially during the summer like to to I always uh, force myself even more uh, before much to drink a lot of uh, water because as I say it's really important to to feel ready when the when you go on court um, I'm intrigued if you've got a match at 8 p.m is there any part of you in that day that can forget that that's coming? Is there any part of you that can enjoy a moment of that day up till 8pm? Or is it a laser focus to that moment? No, it is a focus, but you still enjoy your day, especially if it's if you're playing in a tournament like here in Wimbledon. It's an it's amazing feeling to have the chance to play uh, here. So um, you're going to be nervous, you're going to stress for your match, you're going to be focused, you're going to get ready, you're going to warm up, you're going to play some tennis a bit, you're going to have some lunch, but in the same time, I'm going to enjoy and I'm going to watch the other match. I'm going to spend a time a little bit at the at the house watching uh, what's happening during the day and then I will be focused a few hours before the match. Do you get a chance to sort of visit the cafes and the restaurants around here? 
in Wimbledon. Uh, yeah. It's during the tournament is difficult. There is way too many, too many, too many people. I was going to say he is Stanford Vrinker. It's yeah. going to be hard to move. <laughs> hard to move I, I, I try to go to the. I try to go to the to the shop when I after I lost my last match. I try to go the next early morning to the shop to buy some some present for my family, for my daughter and all. But uh, normally I cannot uh, cannot no. uh, be around yes, with good. the fans. I was going to say, if you got a match at 8pm, even then, if you arrived at 11, I think you'd struggle <laughs> the amount of people that want a selfie with you. Um, we were talking about just how special Wimbledon as a tournament feels. And what what does it mean to you to come back to Wimbledon? But it's, uh, it's again, it's, uh, it's something special. I'm, I'm lucky to have a wild card this year and I'm really grateful for that. I think uh, uh, Wimbledon will always be special for any tennis player. Uh, you like it or you, or you don't like the grass, it doesn't matter. The feeling that you get, it's a completely different feeling than during the rest of the year. I think it's really special. The tradition here are something amazing. And and you can see, I, I, I love to, 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 to see the first few days here uh, because we have the players' coffee a bit up with the terrace so we can see all the courts, we can see the fans and all and you can feel the atmosphere and that's something really special as a t- tennis player. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's quite special actually this year because Centacore is celebrating its 100th birthday. I'm sure you must have watched so much Wimbledon when you were growing up and obviously you've got your own memories here. What are some of your favourite memories? Yeah, it is. It is special this year. That's for sure. Uh, there is many, many big memories. I watch uh, a lot of tennis when I was young, uh, uh, even when I when I was playing. Still, and back home after losing here, I was still watching final. I think uh, uh, last last ten years was some amazing final with Novak with. Andy Murray with uh, Rafa and with Roger was always something special for to battle for the title. There's uh, there always been many uh, many big match here, uh, many big moments of tennis history, and it's uh, always going to be special. As you say, it's the hundred years and uh, Evian coming with a special bottle also that I really enjoy. I saw it for the first time when I arrived here. I think it's a great design and I'm super happy to to be part of the Evian family. Well, we've got a mission involving that bottle for you in a second. Yes, we, we do. were just talking about Wimbledon history and centre court history in particular. Do you know you have made centre court history? There's an incredible, very specific stat. You're one of the first people to do a thing in centre court. Do you know what that thing is? To play with the roof. Yeah. Yes, yes of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, course. That was uh, against Andy Murray. Yeah. Yes. That was a late match. Was some no? Was a, was a, even tough. I lost that match. It was a special feeling to play the first time with the roof. Uh, it's a different feeling as a tennis player when you put the roof on the ball, the sound everything is sounds a bit different and the way you played also it was uh, it was spe- special to play handy here at home for him uh, with the crowd for him I think even after losing I think it was a great memory um, what is the source of your inspiration what what draws you to tennis what drew you to tennis in the first instance in the first instance was a passion for the game uh, as a kid uh, you, tennis is a game and it's still a game now you need to sometimes uh, people when they grow up they forgot that uh, the reason why you're playing tennis it's because mm-hmm. when you're kids you love to play games and you play tennis as a game and I still enjoy that and try to always remember that when I'm on the court even when I'm not doing great practice or great match you need to still have a smile and try to enjoy what you're doing yeah it's so important to remember that isn't it why you got into it in the first place. I've been looking to find out where your tattoo is because I've heard you've got a tattoo. Mm. Is it a Samuel Beckett quote? Yeah, I got two tattoos. Two yeah. tattoos. Yes. What is the quote? The quote is here. Oh, is, there it is. Yes. 
Ever tried, ever failed. No matter. Try again, fail again, feel better. Oh, it's powerful, that. Yeah, big time powerful. What was it that spoke to you about about that? This is something that uh, uh, pushed me to, to keep going, pushed me not only in tennis, in life, in everything, but uh, as a tennis player, uh, as I always said, even if you at the top, even when I was uh, number three in the world, winning Grand Slam, you still lose almost every week a match. So normally... The problem when when uh, you're a kid and they teach you, you have to win. If you lose, you fail. But uh, uh, when you grow up, you need to try to understand that uh, losing is not uh, failing. Is uh, You need to take something from losing. You need to find a way how to improve mm-hmm. what was good, take the positive from it and keep uh, keep going back to practice. I love that. Such a good message. Now, Stan, I actually live not too far from here and I see loads of the Wimbledon cars driving around approaching the tournament. Tell me, off the court, what is the experience like? Are you in a hotel? Are you in a house nearby? I'm renting a house with my team uh, just next door, so uh, I don't use the transportation. I walk by. I come walking here, so it's quite uh, it's quite nice. I think I have to say for the three weeks uh, that I'm here, I'm, I'm next door. I'm enjoying to be in a house and not in a hotel like the rest of the year, and it's something yeah. special about Wimbledon. Yeah, and what are the home comforts that you need? What are you bringing? that isn't in that house that you're renting that is like, Stan is not going to be happy unless there's this there. <laughs> I'm happy anyway. Okay. Uh, honestly, I don't need anything special. Uh, I like to make my stay more comfortable this year. I, I got a table, tennis, uh, just to have fun, just to enjoy with my team. But honestly, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm easy. So when I get somewhere, I'm here for playing tennis. I'm here for practice. The day are long and I'm, I'm enjoying to be just in the house and and not in a yeah, hotel. I love that. Professional tennis player. How do you relax? Well, same game, but on a table. <laughs> Stan, I know you said earlier that you were practising with Andy Murray. Who are like your best mates on the circuit? Which players do you love seeing and think, oh, I'm glad he's here? There is many. Like, uh, I am good friends with uh, Gael Mofis. He lives next door uh, in Switzerland. Also, we practice a lot uh, when we are back in Switzerland. But then in the same times, I think I, I enjoy to, to be on tour. There is many players. Like, I am good friend with Novak, with Roger, with Andy too. So I like to practice with them, to always take something, to, to push myself to be a better tennis player by practicing with the best player in the world. Stan, we are really enjoying this catch-up with you. And we're going to talk more about tennis and about Wimbledon soon, but we couldn't have you here and not give you a task to do. You can't just rock up and enjoy the free water without doing something. No, exactly. So in each episode, we're going to ask our guests to pass on a little bit of wisdom to the next celebrity by writing a message and leaving it for them in this bottle. I've got it here. So there you go. There is the bottle and there is a little pen for you as well. So if you just jot down something and then uh, next time we have a guest here, they will open the bottle and find out what you've written and we'll ask them to then do the same won't we leave a message for the next person and so on and so on yeah so it can be anything you want at all it can be something really profound it can be something funny or a bit silly whatever you want no pressure i mean literally no pressure you won't be here when it's opened but you know tread carefully drink more of what makes you sparkle Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles. Discover Evian's sparkling water. Who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles? So Matt and I are here chatting with Stan Vavrinka, who's about to play Wimbledon for the 16th time. You know it pretty well, Stan. That's a long time. (laughs) It is. Good going. It's a long time, but a good time. Um, Talk to me about the 
locker room? Because I'm interested in two things, literally what it's like, but also the kind of mental state that you have to get into when you're there, knowing you're about to go onto centre court, for example, in front of all of those people. No, I think I think uh, the locker room is. Uh, we used to. I think uh, that's something special in tennis is that uh, you're gonna spend uh, the the minutes before going on court uh, with seeing your opponent uh, next door in the in the locker room. So we used to normally we try to spend time. I try to spend time with my team, getting ready, uh, getting focused. The last few words from my coach uh, about how the match gonna be. But uh, yeah, again, the here it's uh, it's always special to play on center court. Uh, the walk through the center court is uh, it's quite magic it's something uh, really as a tennis player that you want to experience uh, if you if you love tennis if you love what you do that means you watch it so many times uh, when you were young and uh, it's uh, special to to walk uh, through the center court and before you do that walk on to center court i've wondered this for years are you and your opponent literally sat there in the same room just going through your bits or is there sort of like a a wall so that you can chat to your team and talk about maybe your opponent's weaknesses what's going on in there are you having a conversation with them like oh what did you do last night (laughs) (laughs) no we we are the locker room is uh, an open space so we can see each other we we can talk if we want we don't but we can does anyone uh, ever try to yeah yeah is that does anyone ever chat Probably I did or we did uh, in the past for sure. Depends who you're playing. You're not going to uh-huh. talk just two minutes before, but you can uh, say a few words. That's for sure. It's not a problem. As a tennis player, we used to, like I said, we practice uh, the day before. We we see each other all the time. So we don't have any problem of that just before a match. But uh, most of the time you stay with your team. You go also in the fitness a little bit to activate yourself and talk with your team. And then you're just waiting for the time. You're never playing mind games. You're never like whispering, but a bit too loudly to your coach. Like, oh, I'll tell you what, my left hamstring's really tight, knowing that it's in the best form it's ever been. No, none of that. No, it doesn't change the result of the match no, after. So. Okay. I'd be so tempted to do the mind games, wouldn't you? I know you would. Also, I know you would. I would find the idea of, like, if we were playing against each other, yeah. I'd find the idea of not saying hello. I find silence hard so awkward I yes. need small talk mm-hmm. I'd feel like I had to fill the gap right oh. up until we were playing tennis both of us would be there like so watch anything last night yeah. why are you streaming have you seen the latest episode of yeah. Love is Blind yeah. Stranger yeah. Things eh yeah exactly Kate Bush is back <laughs> all the way up until we went on court tell me this so I go to a just a local gym right when you go into the locker room you've got your tokens there is there anything like that here or is no one worrying about a token is yeah. everyone what very... do you do with your stuff exactly is everyone very trusting worthy here or have you made we have our own locker that's where we can put our stuff I think there is there is a little locker to to put what you want to save it Uh, that's for sure has it got your name on it yeah with the name on it well we actually on the tour we had some problem a few years ago that uh, things were stolen in the locker not here in Wimbledon but in other tournaments so since that there is a rule that the tournament has to provide a a private locker for each uh, player When you get back after a match, because you can't have your phone with you, obviously, Mm. how many messages, what's the average number of messages that you Mm. get at the end of a match? But it depends if you win or lose. If you lose, you don't get any message. If you win, there is uh, a lot. It depends which, tuna, which tournament too. If it's a Grand Slam or a small tournament, it's not the amount. But of course, uh, people, when they watch you or when you play a big match, there is more people trying to text you. Yeah. Stan, when you're out there, do you ever look around at the audience? Do you ever look at the Royal Box and see who's watching you from there? Because obviously the fans are 
a sort of what make Wimbledon. And we often have very high profile mm. fans. I mean, sometimes literally royalty, often Hollywood royalty. Have you ever been sort of about to serve and then thought, hang on, Bradley Cooper's there. <laughs> Suddenly there's, that's changed something in the way I, I never play. played the final, so I never saw him on <laughs> the royal box. But uh, yeah, I do, I do, I do look. I do look around, not only in the royal box, but in the crowd in general. I like to... To watch and to feel uh, to feel the fans a bit, so it's always interesting. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't play uh, semi-final or final here, so I never had the biggest royal box. Got ever. it, got it. Do you make eye contact with just regular punters in the crowd? Because I, I've told Mol this. I'm certain there was a Nadal game. I was on centre court. I was really lucky. I was in his eye line, and he kept looking at me. And I felt very responsible to be in that seat so he could look at me. I'm wondering if you ever make eye contact with anyone like, oh, yeah, they're enjoying this. This one's this next point's for them. It can happen, especially when they talk, especially when they try to cheer you up. Of course, you, you look and you try to check a bit, but uh, you need to quickly come back and focus on the yeah. match. Yeah. And do you actually hear that then when you get the kind of random shouts from, obviously everybody claps after a point but you might hear a go on Stan do you hear that does it make you think yeah go on Stan yeah I do hear it and it's it's quite a good feeling I think it's great yeah. as a player to have a lot of support to have support uh, uh, as I said the atmosphere here on the on the courts but not only on the main court on, also on the small court it's always packed there's always a lot of atmosphere and it's quite uh, quite cool as a tennis player and the flip side of that when you're playing someone on their home turf like an Andy Murray mm. and everyone's against you they're not really it's sort of pantomime isn't it but everyone's like oh come on come on to your opposition does does that allow you to access a different kind of energy or aggression from somewhere else of course it's a different kind of energy but it's still a positive and a great energy uh, uh, I think for, for me it's always better to play with a big atmosphere doesn't matter if it's for my open or not for me but at least you get a great ambience on the on the on the court and I, I love it I enjoy it. as you said they are not uh, they are not aggressive against you mm, they are more yeah. cheering for exactly, the others yeah. so yeah. it's uh, always a good feeling Stan, we cannot wait to see you play in Wimbledon this year. What can we expect from you? Let's see how I'm going to feel. Let's see the draw. Let's see because I can play anybody from the first one. Let's see. Let's let's see how it goes. I'm just going to try to 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 play my best. Of course, I'm 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 pushing myself to be back at my level. So hopefully, I can I can play well this year at uh, at Wimbledon. So Stan, we've heard from you what it's like to walk out onto the most famous stage in sport, but we still want to know more about you, don't we, Matt? Yes, because Centre Court, as you know, is celebrating mm. its 100th birthday. So we thought we would ask you questions, quick fire, mm. in 100 seconds. I don't know if you have any experience of having to react quickly to things. Um, <laughs> I will try. We'll, we'll see how we, get, how we go, how many we get through. Yeah, don't okay. overthink these, just go with the flow. Yeah, go with your gut, okay? okay? Uh, let's start the timer... Now, mountains or beach? Beach. Federer or Nadal? Federer. Henman Hill or Murray Mound? Murray Mound. Still or sparkling? Still. Walk, cycle or drive? Drive. If you weren't a tennis player, what would you have been? Uh, chef. Cats ah. or dogs? Dog. Hold on, are you a good cook then? I never say I'm good cook. But <laughs> What's your go-to meal? Yeah, You're doing your a meal. The, the time is going, no, so no, don't lose the time. We paused it. We paused it. No, she didn't. What is your What is your speciality meal? I have no speciality. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would you like to be stuck in a lift with? With mm. uh, my daughter. Good answer. Ice cold or room temperature water? Room temperature. Ah. Strawberries and cream or fish and chips? Strawberries cream. Who's your favourite opponent? 
uh, Novak Djokovic. Why is that? Sorry, I need to hear more about this. Why Novak Djokovic? Because I got two Grand Slam beating him in the final. So. Good answer. <laughs> I like that. Grass or clay? Clay. Summer or winter? Summer. Autumn or spring? Spring. And last one, one thing we don't know about you. I think after that interview, you know everything. Mm. I agree. There's one thing we don't know. Matt or Molly? Both. Both. Oh, he's a diplomat. He's a diplomat. He's very good. Uh, thank you very much for that. I'm so intrigued you with the chef thing. Yeah. You're being very no, that, you ask me to I know, answer I know. quick. So I know. I, you're being very cagey. But that's also about, yeah. the question that it's impossible to answer. You ask me what I would have done, but that yeah. was uh, 40 years ago. So. Yeah. Well, what would be your dream meal then? Your, if we said, Stan, we're going to get you anything you want to eat. Don't worry. The tournament's over now. It's been a fantastic tournament. <laughs> What's your meal? It depends. I I like I love food too much. I love any food. Yeah. Maybe I'm, any I'm food. Sensing any you depends, can't commit uh, to food. No, you <laughs> cannot. Commit no, to one it's thing. not possible it's for not one possible. meal. Do you ever have a cheat meal? Yeah, of course. What would but that be? Depends again. Depends. <laughs> depends. <laughs> oh God! You've been so open about everything, but he will not commit to food. No, he's not no, saying. Are you worried if you I tell cannot. us that we might grow the muscles, we might grow the skills? Exactly. There's yeah. some yeah. secret recipe going on here. I've know. never known anyone be so cagey about a meal. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the show Come Dine with Me? Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yes. So if you were to go, if we were coming around your house and come mm. dine with me, and bear in mind we're going to judge you mm. harshly in yeah. the back of taxi. Let's organise that. What meal are you going to? That's what I want to get to. In the show, it's a surprise. Oh, oh no. no, it's not. No, they tease the menu. They call yeah, it something. No, it'd be like, it'd be like yeah. Stan Sticky Salmon or something. <laughs> exactly. No. Oh. I love it. You've given us the answers for like I your favourite opponent. I know. All of it. Yeah. But the food, no. you won't part oh. with it. And I respect it. This is the mind games I was talking about. <laughs> this is what happens. I know in the in the locker room beforehand. Yeah. Andy Murray goes, what did you have for tea last night? And Stan says, well, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <I tell> you. <laughs> and then it gets in his head. So all I'm going to be thinking about now is what All what I can say, I don't share my food. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Or anything about any details about it. No. Yeah, fine. <laughs> all right, well, that, that's, I've got five questions about food. They're all, they're all gone. They're all, I can't believe it. I know, you better get rid of those. Unbelievable. Well, listen, Stan. You need to change the question, maybe. That's true, that's true. <laughs> With the exception of all the stuff around food, which I'm telling you now has annoyed me. Um, thank you so much, Stan. Thanks thank you. It was great. Lovely to chat. We have thank loved every much. minute. And good luck at Wimbledon. Thank you. You too. We're not playing. Thank you. Ah, I might be. I, you never know. It's a wild card and I'll take it, all right? <laughs> oh, how lovely to hear from Stan. What a great guy. I think I think we can expect big things this year from him, don't I you? I hope so. I hope so. And listen, he is not the only big name to be playing this tournament as a wild card. Thankfully, to tell us all about that, we have our Between the Lines tennis expert, Charlie Eccleshare. Charlie, lovely to see you. We're hoping that you are going to Eccleshare your knowledge with us. He's been practising that joke for a little oh, I while. I thought of it on the car yeah. on the way here. I haven't, and heard it for, I haven't heard that for a while, but... Right. <laughs> a yeah. couple of hours, yeah, you Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Since the last time someone said his name. <laughs> anyway, it's lovely to have you here, Charlie. Thank so, you. Charlie, to be here. tell us how you're feeling about Wimbledon. I mean, how excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10 this year? I'm very, very excited because it's, this is genuinely like my favourite place in the world. I, I love coming to Wimbledon. used to come here as a kid um, to watch. And I haven't been here, 2020, there was no tournament. 2021, I was actually on paternity leave, so I didn't cover it or anything like that. So it's been three years since I've been here. And yeah, just walking back today, you instantly kind of, that 
magic. You, you just feel it, that yeah. sense of history and all of that. So really, really looking forward to this year. It's funny you use the word magic because we said the same thing yeah. when we walked mm. in today. It does feel like you're stepping into a fantasy land. It it's is so, that. It's, exactly it's, that. Like it's, it's The colour here is mm. amazing. It's so sort of saturated and vibrant. That purple and green, that combo, you just don't see anywhere else. It's incredible, isn't it? Now, um, during the fortnight, we're going to be asking people to share their memories of Centre Court. You said that you queued up here as a kid and obviously you've covered tennis as well as loads of other sports uh, in your professional life. But what does Centre Court mean to you? What memories do you have of it? This is, I think, always be, will always be probably my greatest sporting memory or one of them was 2001, Wimbledon final. And this couldn't happen. It's re- it's really rare in sport you can say something with a lot of certainty won't happen again. But this can't because Wimbledon now has a roof. In 2001, it didn't. And the men's final overran to the Monday. And because of that, there were no tickets. They said, well, all the tickets are by people who come and camp out overnight. So me, my brother and our friend hot-footed it to Wimbledon, camped out overnight to see Goran Ivanisevic against Pat Rafter. And it links to Stan Wawrinka because Goran Ivanisevic was a wild card, the only wild card to have won Wimbledon. And he'd had this incredible story where he'd lost three finals, his ranking had fallen to 125, he was done. And he got this wild card, no one thought he'd do anything really with it. He gets the final place, Pat Rafter, who was also beloved, you know, Australian had been runner-up the year before, and they played out this incredible five-set final on People's Monday. All the fans there were people, you know, real big fans who'd camped out to see it. Yeah. It was just amazing. And even Izovic won 9-7 in the fifth and was he was in tears whilst serving out the match. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And uh, that, to me, will always be the kind of high watermark for drama here, but also just sport generally. Amazing story and... Yeah, it can never really happen again. What an amazing memory that I is. I know, incredible. There's something so special, isn't there, about Centre Court being filled by people who have queued outside. Mm. I used to beg my mum. I was like, please, can I just have a day off school and go and queue outside? I was desperate to do it with my sisters. I think it just means that Centre Court is filled with the people that are desperate to mm. get in, doesn't it? That's the thing it was. And I remember everyone at the time said it was like a football atmosphere or that sort of thing, because yeah. it was. It was just people who just were so desperate to be there and had, you know, done whatever they could to be there the night before. And then, and I remember as well, we, it was quite funny because they opened the gates. It was unreserved seating and they said, you know, uh, first come, first serve basically. And our friend was like a champion sprinter. And this is when we were pretty young. We said to him, Dan, just- Vault the chairs, Dan. This is when it comes in handy, right? It really does. I mean, a lot of our competitors were slightly older as well, should we say, you know, uh, but yeah, we said, Dan, just get us. We, We told him exactly what seats we wanted he legged it in and got us these three amazing seats. And Dan oh. ended up umpiring that match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely remarkable. No one noticed. <laughs> he line judged that yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So Charlie, tell us about this extra Middle Sunday that's happening this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that links to it. I mean, because Middle Sunday um, has never, well, it's never been scheduled. Wimbledon's unique in that it has this rest day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that used to come on the first Sunday of the tournament because the, the grass needed it and what have you which then meant there was this kind of Manic Monday, it was called, where there were tons of matches because none on Sunday. But this year, for the first time ever, there is a scheduled middle Sunday. And so what's happened before is it's been People's Sunday, where if there's been loads of rain in the first week and they've got a backlog, they say, okay, we'll play the Sunday. But um, yeah, this year, first time ever, there will be actual scheduled play on the Sunday. So we'll have 14 straight days play, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's satisfying though, because once you're into the rhythm of watching yeah. Wimbledon, yeah having a rest day on a Sunday as well a day off where you can lounge well, on the sofa watching it you want that right this is the thing and I think that, you know amongst people who care about growing tennis they've always felt it's a real misstep because 
to only have three rather than four weekend days on a tournament because that's when you get casual fans as well who might mm-hmm. be flicking on on a Sunday. So it's great that they can do it. But yeah, for those who who love the tournament, that that first Sunday, I mean, I remember as a kid and I had you know not much else going on in my life, it would always be like, oh God, there's no play on the, the first Sunday. What am I going to do? And I would just sort of like peruse the draw sheet instead as a way to pass the time. Now, we spoke with Stan about wild cards and there's some pretty exciting ones mm. this year. One in particular that I'm thinking of, a megastar who has been invited back. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, Serena Williams. I mean, she hasn't played any tennis since Wimbledon last year, which is pretty amazing. She's still one Grand Slam off equaling Margaret Court's record. I mean, it would be extraordinary what a for her story to win. that would oh, be. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, I think that, you know, even for someone as superhuman as Serena Williams, it would be a massive ask. But just having her back would be great. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully she can play in the doubles as well. She played with Andy Murray here three years ago, which was incredible. I remember watching that on the telly. Yeah, it was, brilliant. It was I was covering one of their matches, which they won. And it was on. it was such an amazing experience just seeing these two legends of the sport together. So who's on good form at the minute? <laughs> Who are you looking at thinking, okay, they could go all the way here. So on the men's side, Matteo Berrettini won Queen's uh, on the Sunday just gone. He won Queen's last year. He reached last year's Wimbledon final. He, I would say, is the closest thing to a challenger to Novak Djokovic, if indeed there is a challenger, because Djokovic comes in as a big, big favourite. Won the last three Wimbledons um, and is definitely, definitely the man to beat. But Berrettini's got a big game. He's very exciting. He he could pose him some trouble. They had a reasonably competitive final last year. Then there's Hercatch from Poland, uh, who just won the tournament in Halle on the grass. He's someone I'd say to watch. On the women's side, I mean, it's a real shame because Ash Barty, who won the title here last year, has retired. Uh, so she's not going to be back to defend her title. Iga Swiatek from Poland is on a 35-match winning streak. So, wow. you know, you'd, you'd have to make her the favourite, I suppose. And she's won Junior Wimbledon here back in the day, back in 2018. In fact, she beat Emma Raducanu on the way to doing it. So, you know, she has that pedigree, I suppose, but she's never won the main Wimbledon title. I can't stop thinking about a 35 match winning streak. I know, you'd feel good going into that, right? I think she's pretty confident. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the final lineup obviously is still being decided because of the fact that it's qualifying week. How does that work exactly? Are there going to be people who maybe think they're in with a shot who, who might not end up playing? Yeah, so the qualifiers basically players that rank 1 to 100 get in automatically and then there are 28 spots left for a few get wild cards like Stan or like Goran or like back in the day or Serena uh, and the rest have to qualify and that's the tournament that's going on this week and that's the players ranked basically 101 to 200. Oh, if you're Is that how 10... you were hoping to get in? Well, I was 101. It's so annoying. Oh, what are the so frustrating. Oh, After all your hard work me. as well. Yes, I know. I mean, a bit in seriousness though. No. Oh, that's I'm still awful. waiting for a wild card. That's... <laughs> I keep opening the letterbox every day and I'm like, come on. Maybe. But you know, 101 actually might get in because there are a few injuries. So you might just squeak in without having to play qualities. 101's not so bad. Are you feeling good about your backhand, your forehand? What's your strength there, man? I'm not feeling good about any side of my hand, (laughs) which is why I'm going to watch Wimbledon (laughs) instead of play the tennis. I mean, we've often said... We both, we're these sort of people that watch stuff and go, well, give that a go. And we've give oft- it a go, yeah. yeah. And we've often said, haven't we, that we would like to play each other at tennis. We've been yeah. trying to arrange a game for a long it. time. Mole keeps backing out. Really? Honestly. 
You do. I just don't want to make you feel bad. That's yeah. what it is. Do you know what I mean? You, you went know? through a real faff of like, oh, let's try and find a court that we can put this. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, look around you. I know, Courts we're like, everywhere. We're everywhere. Should we bring our gear down and have a match? I why so many people were queuing outside. It's there obviously to see yeah. the big game. The Matt versus Moore. We should do that for the podcast, shouldn't we? Let's have a game of tennis against each other. Yes. I can see people nodding. Yeah, can you? Well, enough about us. Talk to us about the real Brits. Talk to us about yeah. Andy Murray, Emma Raducanu. What's going on there? They both had injuries. Yeah, I mean, both have concerns over their fitness. It's a, it's a real shame for Murray because he reached the final in Stuttgart, not the week, just gone the week before that, lost to Berrettini in the final. And you're thinking, yeah, maybe could some momentum be building, but then he suffers an injury, misses Queens last week, and we're kind of all just waiting and hoping he can play Wimbledon. I think he will be able to, but... You know, it depends what condition he's in. And then Raducanu as well, who's had such a rough run with injuries mm. uh, and availability since she won the US Open and got to the fourth round here, um, sort of out of nowhere, last this time last year. So those are the big two. I mean, then on the men's side, you've got Dan Evans, Cam Norrie. These are really experienced, established top 30 players. Um, you know, so they'll hope to, to push on. Otherwise, on the women's side, Katie Bolter had a good run. Uh, to the quarters last week in Birmingham. She's had a lot of injuries as well. So there are players knocking around and there are some, you know, some hopes there. Both Evans and Norrie will be seeded. But it would be great if Murray, uh, you know, could just shake off this injury and have a bit of a run. It would, re- I think it would really energise the place. And yeah. Ditto Raducanu. Absolutely. I mean, when em- the Emma Raducanu mania was mm. kicking off last year, not least of all at Wimbledon, but also in the US Open. It was like um, it was like watching a superstar be born in mm. front of our eyes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh. it was amazing. I've never seen, I've never sort of gone from not knowing who her person is to not being able to avoid that yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not being able to get enough. Exactly. You could show me a thousand people and I'd be like, I'm there, it's yeah. Emma Raducanu. Yeah. Well, and she as well on the, you were asking about qualifiers before, she qualified and won the US Open. First player ever to do that. I mean, you think of, you know, if you qualifying, if you get through qualifying, that's kind of the achievement. And then, yeah, you're in the main draw, maybe you'll win a match, maybe two, if you're lucky. She won the tournament. You know, it's totally, totally unprecedented. And I just hope, yeah, she uh, she can build on that because... We saw last year what she did, you know, the effect she had on people here. And I think there'll be so many people, so many youngsters who might be thinking of getting into tennis. They come and get to see their hero. That can have such a huge impression on you. Yeah, I I, I want us to be here on the day that she's here because the buzz that you Mm. can imagine, the electricity of people, the excitement around her... It's Maybe when uh, she sees you guys playing, that will inspire her. Well, I've got a few things, a couple of moves up my sleeve yeah, I can teach her. You, you yeah. Might te- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like to go for a really, really high drop shot. <laughs> yeah. I like to hit it towards the clouds and just sort of hope it lands on the other Charlie, side. Charlie, please don't encourage Matt. I probably, He'll be elbowing people out of the way onto centre court. I so will be. Please don't encourage him. <laughs> That's what Middle Sunday's here for this year. Mm. That's why, because they've got it's one more match. 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 Exactly. Yeah. They <laughs> couldn't fit it in anywhere Sneak else. In. Oh, it's a good, Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We put the wild in wild card. Uh, Charlie, it's been lovely catching up with you. You know everything. Thank goodness Charlie's here. I know, I love it. And you'll be back throughout the tournament to come and hang out with us on the podcast. We'll see you soon. Thank you. See you then. Thanks, Charlie. So there we go, Matt. Our very first Between the Lines draws to a close. It's been so much fun, Is it ending it? now? It Don't is. Don't make it end. I'm enjoying it too much. <laughs> Tell me there are more. Tell me there are more. 
Listen, if you like what you've heard, firstly, thank you. And also, tell other people about it. Tell your friends, tell Wimbledon fans, tell people you meet in the street. And give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a moment. Yes, we'll be back next time and throughout the tournament, bringing loads of great chat on and off the court. And we're going to reveal even more secrets from this wonderful old championships. Mm, Cannot wait to hear those. And remember, keep sending in your memories of Centre Court. You can get us at Wimbledon on social media. Maybe you were there when Andy Murray won the first time in 2013. Or maybe you saw Venus and Serena play. Send them in to us at Wimbledon. Yeah, who knows? Your memory could get created in the next couple of weeks. We'd love to hear from you. If you do want to get in touch, you can find us on social media. We are at Wimbledon. That's easy to remember. And at Evian Water. Also easy. And you can use the hashtag Wimbledon, which means we'll definitely see it. Thank you so much for listening to me and Mole make a racket. Oh. No? I shouldn't have laughed. No, it's not good, that. It isn't good. And yet, sadly, you can't deny what your body wants. If it wants to laugh, it wants to laugh. We will see you next time on Between the Lines. I'm going to have to think of one at the end of every episode now, aren't I? You can't nod on a podcast. (laughs) I can't (laughs) Each year, Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK. For 2023, they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture. The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.